Hello, hello, and welcome back to Unverified, the podcast helping you redefine success on social media. I'm your host, Coralie Trigger, and if we haven't met yet, hey, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for being here. I'm an Emmy-winning creator and digital consultant, and I'm here to talk about all things social media and digital marketing with a little twist, and that is, I don't care how many followers you have, I don't care at all. And I know that sounds unusual, but hear me out. I don't care how big your audience is because for brands and businesses, social media platforms are just tools. Like let's say for example, a tarot deck, stay with me. Self-care, intuition, and spirituality are incredibly important parts of both my life and my guests today, but how we practice them can look very different. That's why I make a conscious effort to turn away from digital vanity numbers in favor of focusing on real life goals that digital strategy can support. That's my style anyway. Today's episode is all about how to get started creating organic video content for social media and how it can support your new, small, and whimsical business, even if some people already have a preconceived notion of what that should look like. And joining me today is my dear friend, Alicia, also known as Melly from Melly's Terrace. She is an intuitive card reader and creative soul who is here to celebrate and offer guidance for self-awareness, personal empowerment, and inner clarity. She is a tarot card reader, creator of the Ostinato Oracle, and a small business owner. Her digital goals now are all about practical ways to create consistent, authentic, shareable content, how to get started with video, and build a thriving community along the way. More with Melly right after this. Today's episode of Unverified is being brought to you from the heart of East Nashville at the Russell, a historic church transformed into a -a one-of-a-kind boutique hotel. The Russell's mission is to give back to the Nashville community through their Rooms for Rooms program. They donate a portion of every stay to local organizations that provide a safe haven for those in need in the Nashville community. Visit RussellNashville.com to book your experience today. I'm so excited that you're finally here. This has been probably the episode that's been the longest in the making because... I don't know if you remember this, but I was thinking about this the other day. We talked about this more than a year and a half ago. January, January, 2020. Pre- or February, I don't know. Pre-pandemic. Yes. The before times. The, yeah. the before times. When both this podcast and your Oracle deck were just baby ideas. Actually, the Oracle deck was not even an idea. It was, was just- it? Um, the oh, Melly's. it was just the tarot was the idea. The tarot readings, yeah. I oh had. Oh my gosh. I had like two little decks. I feel like I just want to send a big warm hug to our past selves because it really wasn't, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that long ago. And I'm so proud of you and I'm so excited for everything that you've done and everything that you're continuing to do and all of like the joy and warmth and encouragement you've been able to offer to people in the last year and a half because you started by giving all of that to yourself. First, thank you. And also would say the exact same to you. We did what we were supposed to do, I would say. I appreciate that. Here we are. Here we are. Well, so doing our thing before we get to into your story and social media, which obviously I really want to get into. I want to start by kind of demystifying tarot for anyone listening who is not familiar or already has um, a preconceived notion and they're feeling a little prickly about it. 
Um, yes. <laughs> can you tell Let's me that? Tell me, yeah, tell me a little bit about tarot and what your relationship has been like with it. I am so excited to tell you about tarot. I was introduced to a deck, um, technically called an oracle deck, when I was at a little speakeasy in East Nashville with a friend, and they pulled out this deck and explained it was a deck that had different cards in it with different pictures that had certain messages that could answer questions and help me understand what was going on in my life. I lost my breath and almost had a panic attack because of the (laughs) stigma around cards and how they're, you know, they can be evil or spooky or, you know, whatever people think that they are. Yeah. And my friend assured me that it was this amazing tool and it was going to be so helpful. And I became obsessed after that day. And every time I saw them, I wanted them to bring the deck. Did you bring the deck? Did you bring the deck? <laughs> um, and, and I think at one point on one of our many meetups, I realized that I was far more into this than anyone else was. Mm. And so I learned that you could just go out and buy your own tarot deck if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. There are um, old wives tales that say you can't. And the second I realized, you know, well, if tarot isn't bad, then, you know, what, who made these rules? Who's making these rules that say what I can and cannot enjoy and love? Yeah. And, um, and that's how I, I got into tarot, which, so tarot is a set of 78 cards. Each card has a very specific meaning. And when asked a, an open-ended question, so for example, not, will I meet the love of my life tomorrow? But how can I love myself? How can I have more love in my life? How can I attract the kind of people that I want to be along with me in this journey? Um, And then depending on the card that one draws, it has a specific message that you can then tailor to your question or inquiry. You know, tarot as a system, whether you want to look at it as a psychological tool or subconscious illumination or a more spiritual tool or illumination of your greater, you know, from a, from a higher power to know how to navigate your life's journey related to your destiny and your, your, your spiritual existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a lot of flexibility within tarot and how you get to apply it to your life. So how did you get from that place of the panic attack and this, the spookiness? And <laughs> I love the word spooky, the, that being in that place to being where you are now? Like, where did the spooky vibes come from and how did you get over them? The spooky vibes came from my upbringing as a conservative evangelical Christian throughout my childhood into early adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for the immediate action of how I got over the spookiness is I was at a speakeasy, a bar. So I had a drink. <laughs> that'll help (laughs) um and which was something else that I had learned you know to avoid entirely um and then discovered through moderation or you know just how how alcohol was also evil um and how I I learned of a different way to experience alcohol Mm -hmm. and so to then be introduced to a tarot deck in that situation with someone who I trusted very much and who knew me and understood me. So that, that establishment of trust gave 
some safety to explore something that I wouldn't ever normally explore. Um, And I have also, I had also been sorting through some other areas of my life where you just say no, just to say no, because someone said it was bad Mm -hmm. and to really learn why is this bad? Why is this good? You know, what to, to, to research something to then make an informed decision based on your own life experience rather than, well, someone told me this was bad, so I can't. Um, And then through learning and researching, like, this is evil. Why am I so obsessed with it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Oh, because, because it's not that which you were told it was. And to then be able to take such a transformational tool and get to share it with other people. Um, and and I, th- I think when I learn something, I want to to help other people learn too. Like if you learned you, you can't have something and then you can and, and know that it's okay and that it's not only just okay, but it's incredible and transformational. Um, I guess I was just spreading the good word of the tarot, <laughs> tarot beauty. <laughs> not only are you sharing it with all of your friends, you have now, you're now doing it as you now have your own small business and you have designed your own Oracle deck. You know, I told a friend that I was a tarot reader um, and they said, oh, cool. Are you going to make your own deck someday? And immediately without question or thought, I said, absolutely not. Mm. I am not an artist. <laughs> I could never. Uh-huh. I don't have that kind of I don't have that kind of time. I don't have those kinds of resources. Um, that was, I think, in September of 2020. And then maybe that was August of 2020. And then late September, um, I a series of events led me to then creating an Oracle deck, which <laughs> um, so tarot is a very set system of 78 cards, just like a regular playing deck. If you have the Ace of Hearts, an ace of hearts, it's always going to be an ace of hearts in a deck of cards. And so hearts are also known as cups in tarot. So an ace of cups is an ace of cups in any tarot deck you're going to pick up. An oracle deck, the imagery and the messaging, what each card means and the amount of cards is completely determined by the creator. So I think when I allowed myself to have that freedom of getting to define what a deck looks like that is where the opportunity for the ostinato oracle which is my oracle deck came into existence i love that your oracle deck i'm i'm looking at it now and and pulled a card right before we started talking which i want to talk about um from the outside where we are now, your Oracle deck seems like the most perfect marriage of two really important things in your life or two really profound experiences in your life. One being, of course, the intuitive card reading the deck itself, but also music as, you know, as a classically trained musician, the other half of this, it seems so Uh obvious now. Did it, did it seem obvious in the moment? I mean, you had a moment of saying, absolutely not. I'm not creating a deck to your friend. And then four to six weeks later, starting to work on it. What happened in those four to six weeks? And was this idea as obvious to you as it seems like from an outsider now having, you know, the product already out and available? So it was not obvious to me. I, I, um, I was so set on never 
being a creator? <laughs> and that question would come up a lot, right? Oh, are you going to, oh, you do readings. You should sell decks. You should make your own. Um, and there was just this extreme opposition, which I guess I should learn. Typically when I am strongly opposed to something, um, it's, it's because it's something I, I deeply require. No <laughs> different than when was the last time you had a glass of water? I'm fine. <laughs> oh, hydration is great. And we should all be hydrating always. What was the resistance? What was, what was the self-talk during the resistance? You had mentioned like, I, I'm not an artist. What else was it that you were so resistant to? Well, I, I do have a, a full-time job that's not tarot related. Um, and I also have my tarot business. And I, I guess I just, I thought I was doing fine enough, just even creating space to do something else that I loved and to have, to live in a world where I could create something physical and hand drawn or I'm, I'm a creative person in a lot of ways, but artistically in terms of like something that you would paint and draw, which uh, I realize now everyone can draw. <laughs> yes. Everyone, can, everyone can create. Um, I, I just, I wasn't giving myself that permission. Mm -hmm. um, but interestingly enough, so I had that conversation with one person, which I just, it was just such a defining moment. I can remember where I was standing, where they were standing. So in times of 2020, at least six feet apart mm -hmm. and, um, just, just, it, it hit me so deeply. And I, I think that was where I first really heard you need to create a deck mm. and just this subconscious or completely visceral reaction against it um, emerged. But shortly thereafter, I had an astrological consultation with uh, the brilliant Nina Davis. And Love her. as we were wrapping up our conversation, uh, it came up. Um, to blend my love of music and and I was even apprehensive in that moment to call myself a musician I have a degree in music <laughs> yes. and horn performance <laughs> um, I I think I I am opposed to allowing myself to accept that I am good or even great at things mm. and um, so she asked me are you a musician are you a musician so finally we get through it I am a musician um, and I am a tarot reader. I'm an intuitive. And we wrapped up our session with a way for me to blend those two things together. And I thought for a very long time about how to do that. And I'll never forget texting my best friend saying, I give up. There is no way that I can blend cards or cardomancy, that's reading cards, and music. There's no way. I have no idea how to do it. I'm done. I'm giving up. <laughs> and I hit send. And as soon as I tap the send on the screen, it hit me. And it's like the second I release it to the universe, take it, I'm done. It's like, okay, now that you've stopped trying to force it, I'm just going to give it to you. <laughs> what you're gonna <laughs> Amazing. I love when that happens. So you release it and the universe comes with it back with an answer. And that answer is what? Create a music inspired oracle deck using music symbols it hit me as hard as the resistance hit me when the first person asked me 
do you want to create an Oracle deck or uh, (laughs) your own, your own deck? Yes. Yes. Um, Oh, I love that. So I, so I don't draw, but I, I definitely doodle uh, a lot. Love it. And I doodle music symbols because when I was in college and you learn to write music and you have to write music a lot, you're always drawing trouble class and in eighth notes. And so if I'm ever on a call or just, you know, when you doodle on the sides of notebooks, that's what I draw obsessively. And so the, the way music is organized is its own language. And I often think of musical terms. I love music. I think most of us do love music and our relationship with music is very different based on our personal experiences. And I just love the universal way that music can connect us all. And so this deck came to life as a way to use those musical notations. For example, a note, even if you aren't a musician, we've all heard the word note and use it. (laughs) And so a note is a marking that tells you what, you know, what to play or what, you know, what is being played. And so for one example, a note is a marking. So, you know, how can you make your mark? What are you doing? Are you creating space to allow others to make their mark? Just like right now, Coralie, you're uh-huh. letting me make my mark <laughs> while you're making your mark <laughs> with the unverified podcast. Um, and so that's, that's that. I was so excited to support your Kickstarter for it. I have had tarot readings and I have pulled cards before, but I've never had a deck of my own. So you're asking not an Oracle deck. Obviously it's an Oracle deck. It's not a tarot deck, but this is the first deck of this kind um, that I have. Um, I pulled a card before we hopped on Zoom today and I was shuffling and just being a bit precarious about it. Like, oh my gosh, I just want it to be the most perfect card, which is so ridiculous because like, of course it's going to be the most perfect card or like, I'm going <laughs> to figure out the most like perfect interpretation of it or, or whatever. Yeah. And one literally like flew out. Somehow I hit it and it like flipped across to the other seat and landed. And it's the Fermata number 12 in the Ostana Oracle deck. And I pulled out the the guidebook that came with it. Um, obviously I'm familiar with the Fermata, but I loved your um, interpretation of it and, and how you made it accessible and made it come to life off of a music staff. And so I I want to just read from the bottom because for, for somebody listening who's not familiar with music or Oracle decks or Fermatas, <laughs> they're that you have questions at the bottom. And I just think this is the most perfect thing. There's a lot. I'm going to skip down to the bottom. It says, where can you identify where you should be listening to something that has been patiently held, waiting for your attention and absorption? Who around you could benefit from your acknowledgement of their own Fermata experiences? What do you hear or see in circumstances that suggest it is time to move forward, but yet nothing is changing? Embracing the fermata and all the longing and lessons it can defiantly, lovingly offer to those who listen. Which I just, I love and I think it sets us up so perfectly for the next part of this podcast, which is all about 
how you can move forward with your social media and how you can embrace this whole towards creating video content uh, and how you can in turn offer formatas for the people in your digital community. That's so beautiful and so true. I have been feeling an extreme opposition to doing video content, knowing that I need to be doing video content. You are so right. I need to listen and and receive and hear what you have to share <laughs> as you've as you've been listening to me. Um, and and that's that's where we start making music. We're both listening. <laughs> we're both playing. Coralie, I need I need your help. Oh my gosh. Well, let's do it. I'm almost done with my iced coffee. So <laughs> come up with some good ideas. Unverified is supported by Doodle Different, a little book of places to start. With unique drawing prompts and hashtags on each page, Doodle Different is the place where offline creativity meets online community. It's a celebration of imagination. Get your copy or digital download on doodledifferent.com and use the code UNVERIFIED for 15% off. That's UNVERIFIED, like the name of this podcast, for 15% off at doodledifferent.com. Happy doodling! Let's start with my favorite, it's my favorite question to ask and most annoying one to answer. If I were to wave a magic wand right now, what would be the best real life result of a great social media strategy for you? To be able to have the amount of energy and excitement and time that I have to be able to pour into other people and to have that be well-received and that line of communication be free-flowing instead of kind of like a start and stop, right? Mm -hmm. My social media presence is not extremely consistent. So I will post once, I'll post in three weeks, I'll post the next day, I'll post in a month and a half. Um, And so I've just been kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. But I also started a business in 2020 when <laughs> mm-hmm. every everything went upside down. All yep. the things that I had envisioned were just, you know, you're just getting by or, you know, everyone was in a very interesting place and, and maybe still is right now. But I, I'm in a place now where I can communicate to other people and I want them to see that there is a level of professionalism and trust and safety. Um, and be able to easily find me and book time with me. I think it's pretty simple, my social media goals. Look me up, find me, book a time, take care, you know, set a little half hour or hour for self-care and and then go from there. I think it's it's the same. It's It's an interesting take on having a small business and wanting to create a safe and welcoming space for people to engage and interact while also overcoming my own fears of putting myself out there mm-hmm. because it's it's interesting to promote a business that's all about self-care. Yeah. I wonder then if there is a mindset shift that we can explore in publishing content. I wonder, would it feel better if instead of when you're posting, it feels like you're promoting your own business 
directly or indirectly. What if instead of a place to promote your business, it was a place that you got to geek out about tarot? And it was a space where you invited other people to geek out with you. How does that feel? That sounds like a really beautiful way to approach social media. Um, that question is really helping me come back to the appropriate mindset of mm, good. I'm allowed to be excited about sharing about a new deck I got or just um, I think there is a level of perfection that I expect from myself, which is highly unreasonable and completely unattainable. Mm -hmm. So if the words geeking out in just by nature are very nerdy and carefree and fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. And so <laughs> to, to be less concerned about, oh, the angle of this card on this picture needs to be tilted three quarters of an inch to the left. Mm. Um, and instead of just like, oh my goodness, isn't this the cutest little fawn that you have ever seen um, in a little card? And to just be honest, I, you would think I would have thought of that by now. So I am so glad to be having this conversation with you right now. <laughs> on ways to I'm glad. It's a, listen, it's sometimes it's just the simplest things and you need to hear it from somebody else. So true. So tell me a little bit about the type of content that you're creating now and what what roadblocks you're hitting. The content I'm creating now is either photos from sessions that I've had, which are mostly all virtual sessions mm -hmm. and just kind of sharing general thoughts rather than specific messages that came from that picture because I will have a session with someone and reuse that image to share oh I just did a session but I'm not going to share I just had a session with Coralie and here are all the deep personal <laughs> things that are happening in her life right 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 <laughs> don't you want a reading too now <laughs> yeah there's an element of, of privacy that needs to be yeah protected for sure correct and, and usually people, I, I would say it's, it's a blend of individuals who are curious about their, you know, their year ahead for, for their birthday to, you know, what are the things they can focus on, but it is incredibly personal in nature. So um, anything that is personal, I, I remove from that content. And quite honestly, I, I, I think the rest of the content is you know, an occasional image or a certain card and a certain message from that. And I think because the nature of a tarot reading is so, so personal, if I do share a card just for the masses, my own hang up is, but this wasn't targeted for that specific person. And so I have, you know, watered down this message, which is completely mm. silly mm -hmm. and ridiculous. Um, but to sum it up, I get to it in my head about it all. Yeah. And, um, and so my content is images that I've taken or readings that I've done that are personal. And I would, you know, the, the, the person who the reading was for is usually anonymous unless they comment on the picture. I'm like, Oh, this was so wonderful. And then that, that's their personal choice. Sure. So, and we're talking about, so we're talking about still images and mostly just on Instagram, right? Yes. Okay. So I, I would say 95% of my social media 
presence is Instagram. I do share to Facebook and I tried Twitter. Instagram is my jam. Okay. Although I've heard TikTok is a fun place to hang out. <laughs> I listen, I am a huge fan of TikTok. Um, before I let my self rattle off and get too excited about Instagram strategy and jumping into TikTok because I definitely want to talk about that. What when people have a reading with you and uh, you, you send them pictures of their of their spreads and they you know see versions of it on your social. Do you find that people who get readings from you post about it on social or is it like too personal in nature for them to share as well? I would say most people do not post on social. Okay. I always provide images for individuals after a reading so they can have it for their own reference. Most of the images or shares I've experienced have been through in-person sessions. So if I am working at a local market and have a booth, people are excited. It's, it's a very different experience in person than virtual due to the nature of our present lives the idea of how one can maintain a more personal and shareable experience um virtually is one that i struggle with because i guess as an ongoing theme of resistance in this conversation <laughs> i was absolutely certain that i would never do virtual readings and yet now I near exclusively do them. Mm. So, and I think it's just out of my comfort zone and level of understanding on how to really create that post-session continuation of engagement. I wonder if there's a way to create a shareable moment from the experience. Because I know for me personally, like having readings is such a personal thing. And I definitely have not that's not something that I would be interested in sharing I also hardly ever post but I that's not something that I would want to share but what I would share is maybe a single card or definitely the deck I remember being excited about you know through all the kickstarter stuff I was you know that felt easy to post about um what about having I'm trying, I'm thinking about something that like might work like a quote graphic or like an inspirational quote would for somebody that it's not necessarily like their entire spread and all of their feelings, but maybe like, you know, in person you have the, you take the pictures with like the, uh, the person and their favorite card that got pulled. Yes. I wonder yes. like, what's the virtual, because people share those, right? I feel like I see people reposting those more than full spreads. Is that, am I right. true in that? Right. When I would do in-person readings after when I would do, there were a few instances where I had the opportunity to do in-person readings. And I'm certainly hopeful that that will get to happen again very soon. Mm -hmm. But virtual, I am now much more open to that being a part of my business. Mm -hmm. So that's a really creative idea where in person, after we would do a spread, I would have someone pick their favorite card and then I would take a photo and tag them on Instagram and then they could reshare that. And that was a really fun way to share that experience. But I love this 
idea of a way that we could just do a single a single card with maybe a summary written into the image. Yeah, totally. It could also be a carousel post if you wanted to. That's like one is just a really pretty image of the card. And the second is like a little description that people can either put into the caption or use as a use as a carousel or use in their story. Um, as easy as it is for people to use in as many different ways. Because sometimes if you put text on an image, it looks like a little... Uh, like a little, a little produced. Um, okay. So for personal feeds, unless, it, or, or you have a couple images, right? I mean, this would be something that you could truly batch ahead of time. I mean, it's a lot of work, but maybe like you aim for like a couple of your most popular decks that people choose from and you photograph each card because the, the, how the cards look are not going to change. And True. just like a couple pull quotes from the guidebook that comes with them or your own interpretation of it. It could be like the, you know, the first carousel could be the image of the card. The second could be like a little description from the deck creator or the guidebook. And the third could be you posing questions for like, Hey, if this, if you pull this card here, are like a few questions you can ask yourself, however involved you want it to be. But then it gives people an option of like, if I got, if I, if I got those three images, that would be something that I could post in a story that I would feel good about. Like shout out to Melly. Thanks so much. Like y'all check this out. And then it's less okay. of like, Oh my gosh, you guys, I like figured out my life <laughs> or, or whatever, <laughs> like all these personal things I've been stressing about and more of you're you're giving people the tools to geek out about tarot in their own digital communities and bringing their people to you. That is so fun. I enjoy the exploration and wonder of of tarot and and anything that I really I'm into. Mm-hmm. I love when it's explained to me not in a way of hi, I'm here to teach you, but hi, we're here to experience this together. And this is where the video component kind of comes into play mm-hmm. I've been really shy about Instagram stories and videos and reels and <laughs> yeah yeah but I'm the only one <laughs> but I find when I'm engaging on social platforms when someone does a live video and there's comments and people are able to interact that's where I get to kind of see someone come alive for a tarot reader there there are preconceived notions, whoever you may be and whatever your take on that might look like, but to really get a feel for the person that you would be having a consultation with, I Mm -hmm. feel like having them have a conversation with you in a completely safe space and the comfort of your own, wherever you are on the screen (laughs) of your phone to see how they talk, their cadence, their flow, their, their vibe that to me would be where I would find myself interested in booking a service, which as I am talking, I am realizing that is exactly how I have come across 90% of the people that I have ever had similar services with. Yep. (laughs) So I think I'm starting to get to the heart of my, (laughs) I think I know where this conversation is going. (laughs) 
I don't know that still images are necessarily the strongest way to promote my business. Mm -hmm. It's definitely, um, I love where this is going because it's, uh, the head of Instagram came out recently, uh, saying that Instagram is no longer a photo sharing platform. And of course there are still photos on the platform, but they are, they're promoting video, um, to they're, they're really, you know, they're really competing, uh, with TikTok in the attention economy. They're really leaning into this vertical video and they are adjusting the reach of their posts to reflect that. So to give you an example, and this is not, you know, obviously consistent, but I have right now for the, the podcast has about 130 followers on Instagram. And the first reel that I posted, granted it was shared right away by the people who were tagged in it, um, has, excuse me, almost 19,000 views, which is just insane. And obviously probably a lot of those are like half second views. I'm not sure exactly how they're calculated. Um, but if we're looking at just engagement on the post, uh, we're looking at, uh, it was about five times what I normally get. So, there is tremendous potential now to enter Instagram's fame lottery for lack of a better term in a way that hasn't been possible since the early days of Instagram. Even the difference between posting a similar vertical video in the feed or in IGTV um, versus a reel, the, the difference is staggering. So I would definitely encourage you to post things as reels and, and add them to your feed, um, in terms of like a technical approach to sharing videos right now. And obviously, you know, 18,000 people, like if you're thinking about speaking to a room of 18,000 people, that can be really overwhelming. And I know this is a small business for you. We've, you've, you've gone through having a private Instagram and using a different name exclusively to making it public and making, you know, your, your given name also used with your, with your tarot name. How are yes. you, how are you feeling right now? I feel like I felt a shift when I said 18,000 and I just want to check it and make sure you're doing okay over there. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's been a journey. I will say I started my Instagram under a different, under Melly mm-hmm. and just wanting that separation and the more I get invested in my my business and just due to the personal nature of it, um, there has been a level of wanting to be purely authentic and and embracing all the parts of me. Of I am Melly Saris. I am also by birth Alicia. And that fear of if I get 50 followers, what's that going to look like? Mm-hmm. So now I think I... I think I just have a modest like 350, but to then be out there for, what did you say? 18,000 mm-hmm. eyes, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the performer of the past and the tarot reader of the present is very nervous about the future and that stage, if you will, mm-hmm. of, and receiving negative comments. I think that's probably a a concern of anybody on social media, possibly many. Yeah. I can safely say. Sure. Um, You can make a a general comment and it might be taken a bad way or 
Um, and, and tarot specifically is so interpretational and subjective. So then my fears of people coming in with very strong opinions or interpretations, um, I, I honestly think that keeps me in the box that I'm in, which I know as I am speaking, <laughs> the answer is, um, what are the, it's, um, I th- I've seen it on shirts and different posts. It's like, <laughs> don't read the comments. Mm-hmm. And, and I do want to read the comments and be able to engage with people who are ready to meaningfully engage Sure. But to then be able to come into that space with an understanding that not everyone is here to uplift and connect. And if there are valid critiques to take those and address them and hear them and then also be able to filter between people coming at things from a place of constructive criticism versus just I'm here to stir up trouble sure. I think that <laughs> that's where I get a little yeah a little nervous well first of all that's totally valid I don't know anyone who and I was trying to think of an exception. I don't think I know anyone who is completely unaffected by internet trolls or people there to stir up trouble. Um, but two two things, and I want to go back to, first, I want to go back to you describing your 300-something following as modest. And I just want you to, like, for a moment, picture speaking to a room of 300-something people. You know, like, if 300-something yeah. people purchased a ticket or even just like showed up to a free event to listen to you speak, holy shit, I would be nervous. True. You know, and not and, in like in, in a good way, like that's exciting that that 300 people, you know, we, we have this weird, twisted, faux fame nonsense happening on social where we think like, oh, 50 people, they only, only 50 people follow me or, or only five people liked my post or, only whatever, only this, only that. There are all these qualifiers uh-huh. in front of numbers that represent, for the most part, real people. And ha- if we had that experience in real life, we would be so incredibly grateful for. But it just doesn't translate. So I just want to take a moment to say you don't ever have to describe your following as modest. I mean, unless, you know, that, that helps you po- get through it and post stuff. Sure. Um, so that's the first thing that I just want to like acknowledge, like that's, you are a small business, you just started and how wonderful to have over 300 people cheering for you. I love that. Thank you for that perspective shift. And on another level, I think I would be just as nervous if it was in person with 300 and something people Mm -hmm. versus 18,000. So by that measure, what is the difference if I am going to expose myself to that (laughs) many other Sure. I mean, definitely the numbers game for potential interaction with internet trolls can be a bit staggering. But one of the wonderful things about creating video content regularly and this and having, um, showing up authentically and as all parts of yourself, like you mentioned earlier, people get a chance to know you. And as your audience and community grows, if there are trolls 
your community is going to stand up for you as, as open and loving and authentic as you show up. That's how much your community is going to show up in those ways. So whatever you want to see in your comments and DMs, obviously there will be outliers, but for the most part, you set the tone and you can quickly block anybody who you don't want to deal with. That's totally acceptable. I would recommend keeping legitimate critiques that you can engage with, but you get to block them. And I know that people people have really strong feelings about this. Some social media managers and community managers say, don't ever delete comments. Don't like, unless it's wildly horrific and a violation of the platform's community guidelines, leave it, leave everything. But I saw a different take on TikTok recently that I have totally embraced. And they, they talked about the benefits of blocking trolls and anyone who's there to just stir up trouble. And they were coming at it from the perspective of a growing community. And their reasoning for blocking things quickly, like ASAP, like you see something and it's the slightest bit nasty, nope, done, block, don't have to worry about it, is because when you do that while actively promoting and engaging with the comments that resonate with you, you are actively creating a safe space for people to engage with you. Me as a viewer, if I see your video and I love it and I go down to comment and I see all of these trolls and people are being mean to each other and the trolls are going after people who are being kind, I don't want to post. I don't want to engage. Even if I really relate to your video, if stuff in the comments is intimidating, I don't want to expose myself to that. So there is, you you can co-create that, the, the social part of your of your community as well. Um, the other thing here, and this is TikTok specific, you can actually reply to comments with video, right? So on, cool. on it's so fun. So on Instagram, you know, you can just, you, you can reply with text and emojis. On Facebook, you've got text emojis, links, GIFs, but it's so cool because if you, posted your interpretation of a card and someone comes at you in the comments in not necessarily an FU way, but like a grumpy or snobby, challenging, like she doesn't know what she's talking about, or that's the wrong interpretation, or that's not how you do that, or you should have used this word, whatever. A very appropriate response would be to reply with a video. So then your video, your next post on TikTok becomes their comment, whatever it is, as text, as a text graphic above your head or wherever you want to put it on the screen. And okay. you can say, hey, so-and-so, um, thanks so much for your interpretation. I, I think that's really... I think that's really interesting. Obviously, tarot is open, open to interpretation. Here's how I got to m my version. Um, that, you know, thanks. Or whatever, 
whatever vibe you want to take with it, but it becomes more of a conversation and less, less of a Reddit comment section gone wrong. Sure. Like, so instead of us, like, I just visualize those little games of war with one, one little group on the other mm-hmm. animated throwing little rocks. <laughs> I throw it at you. You throw it at me. Right. It's more of a, it's more of a, a conversation where everyone can then see this is what this person's response was. This is what her response was. And how can we now move forward? So just a more constructive way of addressing yeah. trolls or maybe not necessarily trolls, but just a more constructive way of addressing maybe more negative focused comments. Absolutely. And positive ones too. If someone has an interesting take or a different perspective or uh, something really resonated with them, um, it, it's a it's another way to... Um, it's another really organic way to connect with someone and to build to build community and from a business perspective to create super fans and brand ambassadors. You know, like how cool would it be if someone you follow, okay, well let's let's make this real. Like who would be who's somebody that you would that you like fangirl over? Well, I just had Liz along in the brain because I heard that from the last episode. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Let's use those as an example. Freaking love her. So, I mean, how stinging cool would it be if you commented on one of Lizzo's videos, like you, maybe she like featured a French horn or something, or she did something like a really cool flute thing that you as a classically trained musician can appreciate. And you comment about it. And she replies with a video and it's like a behind the scenes of her recording it. Like, thanks. Thanks, Melly. Thanks, Alicia, so much. You know, whatever, from whatever handle you're commenting from. Um, Like, that would be so awesome. That would be amazing. And I'm actually now just envisioning her flute, Sasha, (laughs) which do you follow Sasha B. Fluting? I think that's the handle. What? So Lizzo's flute has their own Instagram How account. How did I not know this? This is essential. I As soon as we are done today, you need to go follow this account. Oh my gosh. And I, my phone is dead or I would look up the handle. Okay, I'm, I'm looking it up. Because I don't know if you know this, but my nerdy instrument of choice was also flute. I think I knew growing that. Growing up, I played forever. <laughs> this is like amazing. Okay, Sasha. Sasha B. Fluting. Yes. So Lizzo's Flute has their own Instagram and she has serious attitude, serious (laughs) spirit. And Sasha, if you're listening, you definitely need the Asimata Oracle deck in your life. But yes, to to bring it back to your, to the point. um, Yeah. And and I love that idea of not just engaging with the one negative comment and mm-hmm. posting a video in response to it, although that is definitely important and has a space. But if there are five comments and sharing and responding to each one of those with four of them being positive, one less positive. Sure. But I, the focus of my business is truly to create space 
for other people to show up where they're at and to have this hospitable, loving, warm environment. And to move that to a virtual place, Mm -hmm. if I'm going to be sharing videos, it's only appropriate and I would say necessary to engage with those positive comments. For example, if I were to pull the Fermata card and say, today is all about listening. Where can you listen? Are you listening to yourself? Are are you listening to the guest on your podcast? Are you listening to the person who is inviting you to their podcast? And then to engage with those who hear that message and want to share their experience to then record and and um, let them know that you know, I hear what you have experienced and now this is what I'm experiencing back. So it's just a more personal dialogue instead of Melly creates videos, you comment on them. <laughs> yes. That's not very personal. <laughs> no, I think you're on the right track. I love the idea of having the goal being to create space for people to explore. And you can even, you know, write that down on a sticky note. And before you record anything or before you think about any kind of content, the question is, does it in some way support this message? Um, if it does, great. You record it. If not, you rethink it. And every once in a while, if it doesn't totally, but it's still funny and it's kind of adjacent, great. Do it. You know? Absolutely. Yes. I'm going to have to get on the videos now <laughs> and get to have these experiences with people. I think it's so fun. I know social media, when it for, when I first experienced it, was very personal. It was just you and your friends. And so now to create those personal connections with strangers and people you've met once or whoever those individuals are in a time when connection is so valued and really understood, especially after having a period of being separated from those in-person interactions and getting to explore a way to be connected to other people and in a way that's on that and in a way that's authentic not just I am manufacturing this facade of a connection but if I'm coming at it from a place of personal connection and sincerity and whoever is interacting on the other side of that screen is looking for that personal element as well I I am just so excited for the potential of what community can be redefined and defined as I take my modest slash not so modest (laughs) group of people who I currently get to interact with and, and how I can expand that and just, and just create a sense of community and specialness and, and let people feel loved and heard and to be seen. And then also to get that as well. Yeah. I think, listen, I think you're in a great place to start all of this stuff. I'm so excited to see what you do because you already have such strong and clear intentions with what you want to do with your gifts and your business. Um, There are so many ways that it can come even more to life on social and I'm so excited about it. Thank you so much. I am so excited. I feel so empowered. I feel like I've received from this session what I tried to 
create in my own sessions with other people. And I think that's what's so fun. And another thing about tarot is it doesn't have to be some, I, I think people may feel about tarot the way they do about social media sometimes. Like, I don't understand mm. what this is. Yeah. I don't even want to mess with it. A little scary. Yeah. Um, you see the horror uh, stories of the the tweets gone wrong. Exactly. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's just another tool. Yep. Another, another way to connect. So I appreciate you and I'm so honored. And thank you so much, Coralie. Oh, thank you. Thank you. To keep up with Melly and her Oracle deck, I invite you to follow her on Instagram at Melly's Terrace and at Ostinato Oracle. And to book a session or purchase a deck, check out Terrace.com and OstinatoOracle.com. Also, as a gift to all you listeners, you can use the code UNVERIFIED, like the name of this podcast, for 20% off any virtual reading or Ostinato Oracle deck. This code is good through the end of 2021, and I will include links to all of this and her socials in the show notes and on unverifiedpod.com. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show and hear more, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on social at unverifiedpod. Anytime you interact with one of our posts, you're telling the social platform that you like what we're doing and it'll send you more of it. At the same time, it will also widen the reach of the post in general, so more people will have a chance to see it. And we really appreciate that. We're booking new guests and I'd love to hear from you. Have a social media question or a digital specialty? Visit unverifiedpod.com and click be on the show. Unverified is produced by Trigger Creative, edited by Matt Fields, with special thanks to Zach Knudsen, Gwyn Rogers, and Abby White. Thanks for listening.